Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Birth Lounge Podcast. Today, I am joined by Deb Flaschenberg, who is the founder of Yoga Birth Babies. And we're going to be talking about well-being in pregnancy, the benefits of yoga in pregnancy, why you should be moving your body, even if it's not something that you did pre-pregnancy, it is important to start moving your body in pregnancy in order to prepare for a better and smoother birth experience for you. So Deb, I'm so excited to have you on this episode. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And I've been following you on Instagram. And I believe you're a Boston girl, right? I am. Yeah, I'm a Boston transplant. (laughs) Okay. Well, I grew up around Boston, went to school in Boston. So I just love folks from that area. So yay. (laughs) Oh, cool. I love I love when things kind of cross paths like that. What a small world is what I always say. And you you as well. I followed you for a long time. And when you reached out to to kind of work together, I fangirled a little bit. I was like, oh my God, this is kind of crazy. I love the power of social media in that regard and being able to connect people. It is, it's really special. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I want to dive into that whole movement piece, but before we do that, tell us a little bit about who you are. What is Yoga Birth Babies? What kind of resources do you have for parents? Sure. So my name is Deb Flaschenberg and I have many, many hats. So I'm a podcaster. My podcast is called Yoga Birth Babies. And I have opened the prenatal yoga center over 20 years. We hit 20 years, which is kind of amazing. It's uh, our main base is the Upper West Side of New York City. And then of course, online classes. But I started out in musical theater and as a singer dancer, which I really helped me be in my body. And then I started to teach prenatal yoga, but I was in my mid twenties when I got into really into like becoming a yoga teacher. And so I was not having babies at that time. And one of my students asked me to attend if I want, this is so illegal, but she asked me if I wanted to watch some births. She was doing her fellowship at one of the hospitals. Now I realize like how inappropriate it was that the stranger was there. I helped deliver a placenta. I mean, that's like really totally crazy. Yeah. So it, <laughs> again, in hindsight, I'm like, that was so inappropriate, but it, it showed me 
that one really can use support as a doula. So from that experience, and it was many, many things during that time watching people dressed up as a med student, I then became a doula. So I was a doula for an active doula for 10 years. And during that time, I also got my Lamaze certification and a pelvic floor certification. And I went down to study at the farm for a little bit. And I'm just a junkie for education, which I know you are too. The more we can learn, the more we can pass on. And then I started my podcast. I don't even know how long ago. It might have been six or seven years. And my main thing is teaching pregnant folks, teaching teachers how to teach prenatal and just supporting the perinatal community. And from my own birth experiences, I have two kids. I just started to really understand the role of how we use our body during pregnancy and how that can affect birth. So that is one of my many passions. That was a very long answer. I hope that's okay. Of course that was okay. I felt so many fires get started. So let's start at the thing that most excited me. I need to know about the farm. How was (laughs) that experience? It was, it was interesting. So as we talked about, I, you know, I grew up outside of Boston. I went to school in Boston and New York, and then I lived in New York. So I've been kind of on the the east coast and i haven't really been in the south so that was interesting Mm -hmm. so it was my first time in tennessee like beyond just a a city and when we got to the farm it was everything i had expected and even crazier so like they had an old school bus i guess that was like what they caravaned in and it was there they had it's like a tofu field or something like a soy field and it was just really amazing and they had birth houses I sat with some people used tents there I was I stayed in a little little cabin it was fantastic and I learned my main teachers if I can remember Pamela Hunt and there was uh, another main teacher Ina May was there but we really didn't hang out with her and I learned so much Mm -hmm. and I was mesmerized and for like a hot second I'm like, am I going to become a midwife? And then <laughs> I got a hot second. And then the funny thing was I came back from there all like, whoa, what am I going to do? And I had a birth where it was a precipitous birth where I did not mean to, but I helped deliver and I did not want to deliver the baby. Like my client called me. She's like, I'm getting in the shower. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. And by the time I got to her door, husband's like she's on the floor and the baby's coming so I'm like okay so I just remembered wash my hands support the perineum call 911 so after that experience I'm like I am not going to become a midwife Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it was the farm ignited this like should I and then the actual helping a baby be born made me realize no I'm better off as the support not the medical person, but it was crazy. It was great. Yeah. And when you were down there, you were acting as a doula for the people who chose to birth at the farm. Oh no, it was actually a midwifery assistant program. Oh, okay. So that is how I actually, it's funny. That it's just so interesting that I had just done that midwifery assistant program and then I helped deliver a baby. Like, so Yeah, I just felt like I learned so much like that's where we learned things which I don't actually use but understanding how to check dilation understanding Mm -hmm. they had us listen with a Doppler. Mm -hmm. So I definitely learned things that are beyond the scope of a doula, but I still found really helpful and really interesting. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it is kind of wild to see how the universe really played those cards back to back to help yeah. you solidify which path in life you should take. Like where was your career going to take you next? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a very quick, like, I'm so glad you thought this, but yet here's the yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is that you talked about your dance background, helping mm-hmm. you be in your body. I want to hear your thoughts about body awareness and that connection between your mind and body in pregnancy and how that prepares you for labor and birth. I don't want to go into the yoga yet because that's another layer. We must understand how does our mind impact our body and our body awareness play a role Mm -hmm. in labor. And then we can hone in on that through a practice of yoga. Right. So I started dancing very young. I think it was like three. And I just kept dancing and dancing and dancing. And it just was a time when I would dance and and do yoga, but I won't go into the yoga part of it yet. But it really just made me appreciate my body and be excited to how I'm able to move. And when someone has body awareness, because one of the things that can be challenging and you hear this in yoga class, you hear this in movement classes, is just listen to your body. But if someone doesn't have body literacy, they don't know what they're listening to. They're just thinking like, well, what am I supposed to feel? What is this? So I think a movement practice, definitely a yoga practice can give someone an understanding of what am I feeling and help distinguish what they're feeling. Are these sensations good sensations? Are these sensations just powerful sensations? Are these sensations sensations? And then just trusting how their body can move. And and this is so not meant to sound judgmental, but I think body awareness is something a lot of people lack. How, where their body, proprioception, where their body is in space, and then how to listen to their body because many of us just are in our heads and I'm very much in that state. Like, I don't know if you've ever, this has happened to me where I've taken a shower and I'm just thinking, I'm like, wait, did I wash my hair? I don't yeah. know. I was just so in my head. And, and then I'm like, I'm going to just wash it again. I might've just washed it twice. So many of us are just so in our head that we're not connecting to what we're feeling and we don't have words for what we're feeling. Sometimes any sensation can can be scary. And yeah. that's where I think the yoga can be helpful, where we can start to decipher between strong sensations and harmful sensations. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of driven out of us, right? And, and we're in such sensory overload all the time. The computers and the screens and the going back to work and the pressure of this and the societal pressure and all the things doomed on the news if you watch the news. It's just sensory overload and it's kind of drilled out of us not to listen to those feelings in our body. Um Yeah, that's too bad. You know, one thing that has gotten better for me as I have practiced this body awareness is the boundaries that I have with my body now. I guess I understand my pain a little bit differently too. I can kind of tell now if this is just a pain that my body needs to move through or if this is a pain where my body is asking for like extra help and support. I also think how far I 
feel comfortable pushing my body. I mean, what I can expect after that, you know, in many regards has have come easier to me now that I have grown my body awareness practice. And I think that can pay off dividends in labor. Okay, so now talk to us about moving your body through the practice of yoga. For someone who has never really started, this can feel a little intimidating, right? And and a lot of people that we see online are doing it so perfectly. And you're like, oh, I don't know where to even start. Why start a practice of yoga? And how is this going to help build that body awareness? Well, first of all, I just absolutely love the practice of yoga. And it has, it's so multi-layered, at least Uh my approach to prenatal yoga. So yes, it can bring body awareness because it's not like So I do a lot of cycling and cardio. And while I'm doing that, there's many times that I'm like, when is this going to be over? And even though I do it every day, I'm looking at the clock, I'm listening to music, which is meant to distract me. The instructor is trying to be funny. That is not what yoga is. Yoga is almost the opposite. It's actually paying attention to your body. What am I feeling? Where's my body in space? What are these intricate directions? So it can create that mind body connection and then also build a sense of trust, which I think is incredibly helpful as I'm sure you know, for pregnancy, birth and parenthood. One of the mantras I often use in classes, I trust my body, I trust my baby, I trust this process. Because it doesn't mean that the process is going to look how we imagined. Sure. It can be wildly different, but can I trust the process? And I think that can show up in yoga. Can I trust that my body can handle the sensation of strengthening or the sensation mm-hmm. of how do I relax or the sensation of stretch? And so the way I approach the yoga for the pregnant body is, can I bring them to connect and trust their body? And then with that, can I use the different sensations? And I always talk about safe sensations because some people feel like prenatal yoga will just be like delicious stretching, which it has some of. But as we both know, birth can really be a mental and physical challenge. It's yeah. it's a lot of work. And so I feel comfortable safely putting people in poses that have feedback, that have strong feedback, because then they can build their coping skills and Mm. then they can start to trust, I can be comfortable in the discomfort. I can look at how does my breath help me? How does movement help me? How does making sound help me? So that when they're actually heading into birth, it's not something they're trying to figure out on the spot. They have time and time again, come onto the mat and, and tested their edge and then raised their threshold. Yeah. So where maybe one week, there are like five breaths here and they want to go, go screaming. They're like, maybe next week it's six breaths, maybe it's seven breaths. So we can use that to take the fear away from sensation. Yeah. And then on the other side, again, as a doula, I know that you can appreciate this. When the body is better balanced, we know that baby is more likely to be in a better position. And nobody that has either given birth or attended births want to sign up for the very prolonged labor. So I think that's why I'm so passionate about how we can use yoga for the pregnant body. And then recognizing that we have many beginners that come and the poses that at least I introduce, it's not about the shapes of the poses for like Instagram. It's about 
can we use these poses to best support more efficient birth and a happier pregnant body? So it's a different intention than we will often see online when it comes to yoga. So I don't want beginners to feel hesitant, like my body may not take those shapes or look like that. I don't care. I'm going to safely help you into this. And then we're going to explore from there. So it's a different, it's a very different intention than I'd say your typical yoga practice. Yeah, absolutely. When I first started, I used to go and get in the back corner and that's where I did my yoga. And I would just remind myself that no one is paying attention to me. They're all paying attention to their own body or now, you know, you can do anything in your home. So join an online class. Deb has some, you've got options to start kind of slow and where you're comfortable with. All right, Deb. So you touched on the importance of like body balancing. So I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure that our listeners do. So talk us through what does it mean to have a balanced body? And then how are we going to see that impact labor? Oh my goodness. This is one of my most favorite topics. (laughs) I love it. It's also so neglected, right? So many people don't realize it or don't know to do this, or they just don't know to teach it to their, their clients or their patients. The funny thing is I was just teaching teacher training last weekend and it was an online version. And my husband heard me totally like, I totally heard you dorking out about how important body balance is. I'm like, you heard that. He's like, but you were so passionate. So I am so passionate, but let me give an understanding of why I'm so passionate about this. So my first child, my son, I was doing everything and the things I would say yoga teacher, I'd already been mm-hmm. teaching prenatal yoga for 10 years as a doula. So you would have thought that I would have known this, but I didn't. So I was still cycling almost every day. In fact, I was in my spin clothes the day I went into labor and I'm like, okay, if my contractions stop, I can make the 10 a.m. class, but they didn't. And <laughs> for days. And then- <laughs> So I was doing everything wrong. I was cycling. I was, and there's nothing wrong with cycling, but I wasn't balancing it. I didn't take my pelvic floor into consideration at all. And this was over 11 years ago when it wasn't quite as conversational. What's the state of your pelvic floor? So I had a really dysfunctional birth. It Mm -hmm. took Great. It was a home birth. So I had a little bit more leeway than I would have in a hospital, but it took 42 hours from the beginning to the end and five hours of pushing. And I, you know, as a doula, I'm like, something's not okay. So when I was moving along, so after such a challenging birth, I had to step back and be like, well, what happened? This is what I do. So I started to see a pelvic floor physical therapist because after five hours of pushing, you can imagine the state of my body. And so my pelvic floor PT is like, you have a really tight pelvic floor. And I'm like, I do, but but I'm a yoga teacher as a dancer. She goes, exactly. And so when the body is tight, specifically the pelvic floor, as babies coming into the pelvis, I often think of the pelvic floor because it's not just the superficial vaginal muscles that you may hear people talk about. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of this big bowl, or sometimes I think of like a funnel that yeah. it is helping baby as baby descends and rotates. It helps guide baby down. And if the pelvic floor is tight altogether or asymmetrically tight, we want baby coming down with the chin tucked into its chest and the smallest part pushing the cervix open. And if it meets resistance, as baby comes down and tries to rotate, say one side or both sides tight, 
the chin, which is nicely tucked in because it meets something hard, might turn the head asynclitic, meaning the ears closer to the shoulder. And we no longer have that small part opening. We have like the side. That's what happened with my son. Mm. And so then we have this dysfunctional birth or it's just taking a long time. We have to understand why is birth so long? It's usually baby position. So if things like the pelvic floor are imbalanced, one side is tighter or the whole thing is tight, the muscles aren't going to yield to the baby trying to make its way through. And the muscles aren't going to help guide the baby through, or maybe the chin's moving away from the chest. Then we also have uterine ligaments that are attached many of them are attached from the pelvis, the sacrum, to the cervix. And if the pelvis is out of alignment due to tight muscles, maybe tight lower back muscles, instead of the cervix being more center, it might be a little posterior, maybe it'll pull a little to the side. So again, baby's head is not helping to open it well. So when internally things are out of balance, and it's it can be from anything from cycling a lot, me. It could be from <laughs> always crossing the same leg over and over. So our body's compensating in these oh, habits. I am unwrapping my legs. Really. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me. It's so many of our habits, like carrying your bag on the same side. Mm. I just started driving again after living in Manhattan for 20 years. And now I've noticed my right side is a lot tighter. So you know, it's all these habits that our body does over and over that while we look pretty symmetrical, arms and legs, most of us, internally, the habits are causing compensation elsewhere. Mm. So maybe my right side's tighter because I always carry my bag on my right side or cross my right leg. And that's going to affect how the baby transitions in, engages, descends, rotates, or doesn't. It may not engage very well because things are holding it up. So that's why I'm pretty passionate about how we can use yoga to undo some of our habits. Because again, we want, my goal is to have people have more functional births so that when they start parenthood, they're not feeling like they have to rehab themselves so much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about yoga in postpartum because it doesn't have to start as rehab. You shouldn't and don't have to start right off the bat of like rehabbing. You can still keep that movement practice but have it be gentle, low impact, but something that gives you like mental focus in those first few postpartum days and weeks, and then also gets your body moving, right? We want you to be taking time to heal. Absolutely. And you shouldn't be doing rigorous exercise, but movement is good for a healing body within the mind. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. But you know, with limitations of Yeah. So in general, we ask people not to pop back into the classes until their bleeding has stopped because they are kind of wide range of classes. Although I will say last week I had someone, it was a Zoom. I do it hybrid. I do it in studio while on Zoom so that we can have everyone in the community show up. And as we were doing circle time where people are saying, you know, how far, how, what their baby's name is and how old their baby, because that's going to tell me how postpartum and their aches. Someone's like, oh, my baby's two weeks. I'm like, two weeks, two weeks. (laughs) Okay. So I had to really, and then I had somebody, her baby was like 16 months. So I'm like, okay, I got to play to both of those. So two weeks is a little early to start a postnatal yoga class. So I invited her to do everything we did at like 50% of her effort. But on the other side, I do recognize, especially because she was able to do it from home, the desire to connect with the community 
as well as start to move the body again. So in the early, early days, so what I invited the student to do is focus on a lot about chest opening. Mm -hmm. Think about it. No matter if somebody is breastfeeding or bottle feeding, there's this holding of the baby. And that is just going to create a lot of rounding of the back. There's often residual upper back and Mm -hmm. neck pain. The body is starting to find a different type of posture again. It doesn't have the pull of the belly. It's lost a lot of support. So we look a lot posturally. So in the early, early days, I'm working more about good breathing, trying to get breath into the back ribs, looking at posture, gentle shoulder, neck, chest opening, opening the lower back. So it's not as much about re-strengthening these first few weeks. It's almost about re-exploring. Yeah. Because the body that they had had pregnant during pregnancy, it's not the body they had pre-pregnancy and it's certainly not the body that they're used to. So it's a lot about acceptance, yeah. letting go of expectations, processing, because some people come out angry at their body, especially mm-hmm. if their birth was challenging or really unfolded differently than they had foreseen. So it's more of a like a meet and greet, like, hi, thank you so much for showing up body. And then also an offering of recognizing the work that the body did. One of my students keeps saying, she's like, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm like, you are? She goes, well, I'm building a body. And I'm like, oh my God, you totally are. And I'm like, okay, that makes total sense. So like a recognition and maybe gratitude of the work the body just did. So at the first few weeks, it is definitely about acceptance, breathing, and then rebuilding strength because when they come back after bleeding is stopped and if they had a, a cesarean birth waiting for that to heal then we really have to do a lot of restrengthening because the pregnant body often loses a lot of back strength and those ab muscles have been really lengthened right a lot of it is just reconnecting right reconnecting with your new body reconnecting with yourself mm-hmm. reconnecting with that movement practice that yeah. Yeah. And you probably hit it like reconnecting with yourself. I mean, I think there's that huge transition about now I'm a parent, but don't I still have some of my original me? And I think that that's a hard transition for many recognizing this new role without feeling like they've lost who their, their essence of themselves. And that's something we also focus on. Yeah. That's why I think having that constant from pregnancy to postpartum is so super important and you nailed it. It's not about the movement so much as it is opening and relaxing and reconnecting with your breath, you know, let your body heal, but do things that do they, it focuses your mind and it gets you, you know, maybe off the bed and onto your mat, even if you do the whole session sitting. Mm-hmm. You know, cool. Wow, Deb, this has been so powerful. I think a lot of people are intimidated by yoga, right? They they aren't feeling like they have what it takes. And I think we are both here to tell you it doesn't take anything. Just get on your mat, start to move, and it will come to you. So if people wanted to connect with you and take some of your classes or listen to your podcast, how can they connect with you? So for the podcast, you can go to Spotify, you can go to our website, prenatalyogacenter.com. You can go to Apple Podcasts. So the podcast is called Yoga Birth Babies. And then for classes, prenatalyogacenter.com, as I mentioned, we have 
online and in person. We have online classes every single day. And we also do these things called re-releases. So the morning class is always recorded and then we re-release it twice throughout the day so that you can get the recording for 24 hours. So you can take it wherever. And then if you happen to be in the New York City area, we're in the Upper West Side on 72nd Street. And then I also do a teacher training, which is something I am truly passionate about having teachers bring this methodology to their community because like you said yoga can be intimidating but I'm hoping my approach to yoga is inviting that it can help people start to feel confident about what their body is capable of without any idea that they have to compare themselves to others yeah so prenatalyogacenter.com you can find me there I love that. And you need that body awareness, right? And you guys, be sure to tune in to Yoga Birth Babies podcast next week because yours truly will be featured as a guest. And we're going to talk about all sorts of fun stuff. And I want you to be included in that conversation. So Deb, thank you so much. This was magical. I'm so excited that we got to have you on. And I am very excited to be on Yoga Birth Babies next week. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for coming. All right, everyone, if you are watching on YouTube, be sure to check us out on the podcast and on Instagram. And if you're listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and go subscribe at YouTube. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. Hey there, just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by Hehe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.